another session of the Potter's Gate online broadcast. Welcome this morning. I want to welcome people from our online radio broadcast, also from YouTube Live, excuse me, uh, Facebook Live. Today we're not doing YouTube. We believe the Lord that He will continue to grant us grace and a resource to be able to improve on our network so we can further expand our our reach. We want to thank God for that which the Spirit of the Lord has really been ministering to us in terms of looking into this uh, word. Thank you so much. I see somebody already joining. Thank you, Sister Deborah. All right. Uh, so much we are going to be looking into this morning. I believe we've laid a very beautiful foundation in regards to uh, um, looking at the, the structure, the nature of the prophetic and the written word of God. I believe this topic is one major uh, 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 um, key that will help us to understand thank you so much for joining that will help us to understand God's divine intention God's character God's nature uh, and that's why I you know I'm doing this teaching to at least to help us build that spiritual capacity you know to help us build that spiritual template that you know broad concept of what the prophetic is like I said before that a lot of us, you know, we hear about the ministry of the prophetic. We hear about God's desire, God's design, God's counsel. We hear about how, you know, the prophetic is ordained to help us, build us, empower us. But we have actually heard so very little in terms of really understanding what what makes the spirit of the prophetic, all right, an important you know, trigger part of our existence. What makes this, you know, the, the spirit of the prophetic part of who we are and what God has designed and ordained for us. And that's why I'm doing this, you know, series of teachings to give us that, if you will, that spiritual foundation, that understanding, that capacity, all right, to be able to understand where the prophetic comes from and how to interact with the prophetic as we deal with life, as we relate with spiritual things, as we come into the full reality of God's intention for our life. So that's something I really want to, you know, build on this morning. And uh, hopefully by the grace of God, we will uh, look into the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to us because I believe that when God speaks to us, thank you, uh, man of God, uh, uh, Apostle Edgar for joining this morning. I believe that as we as we really look into the word of God and allow the word of God to speak to us, because that's what we need in the days we live we live in. All right. We don't just need men of God speaking to us. We need men of God that can speak all right, the word of God to us, that can represent the counsel of God. I think that is what is missing today. All right. We we're in a day where you know we have captured if you will we have coined out certain word that we believe suits us that we believe you know is good for us okay we, we've captured that and we've used that we've built on that but we want the full counsel of god's word all right we want the full counsel of god we want to come into a day into a dimension where the entire ministry of the word becomes the vehicle all right that that speaks to us that brings clarity that brings insight that brings understanding to us so this is my this is my agenda i'm 
not, you know, into, okay, we take one word that is good for me or that is good for what I want to do. The entire council of, of, of heaven must, must be, must be, must be released to us in such a way that it gives us or the entire spiritual scope of God's intention for our life. And that is what all right, is missing today. Okay. That our, our walk with God, our ministry, our calling or right, is not supposed to be fixative on a particular you know narrative we're supposed to have you know a clear broad spiritual you know perspective of god's intention so that when we stand or right, on when we're representing the counsel of god we know how to stand and we know how to flow or right, in that which the father has ordained for us and that's why you know i i sense that you know this kind of teaching you know will help to bring balance and bring redress okay to the excesses and to you know uh, uh, um extremes that we are seeing today in the church it's my desire that we correct this in fact i believe that is one of the main function of the apostolic ministry the apostolic ministry is to bring exaltation all right and bring clarity bring direction but also bring judgment okay and so and and the apostolic ministry is not just a ministry of one that uh, uh, is sent to build certain narrative no it is to build the entire household the entire structure the entire intentions of god all right so that's what we're going to be looking into and i believe that as we as we emphasize more on that okay we will be able to find the heart of god find the mind of god in terms of what the prophetic is what the prophetic is, what the prophetic has been designed and ordained for. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. I may not be able to call everybody's name, but I can see you. Thank you so much. Uh, allow me to just flow so that I don't get distracted by, you know, your, you know, your, your likings and your, you know, uh, but I appreciate every one of you. Thank you. If I don't mention your name, please never think that I'm taking you for granted. I appreciate because I know that this time you're spending, all right, to listen, to be part of this is, you know, is a quality time and is a time that will enhance our corporate development in the thing of the spirit so thank you so very much now we're looking at the prophetic ministry all right in connection with the written word of god like i said we have seen all kinds of ministry out there today in the name of the prophetic we are seeing all kinds of you know ministry in the name of the prophetic we're seeing all kinds of men coming out today in the name of the prophetic and when we look at their action when we look at their you know their their, their behavior when we look at what they term to be ministering it's so far away from what we've re what we've seen in the word of god what the word of god amen has given to us has shown us and i've said to myself come on we cannot continue to allow this thing all right to you know to to you know to stain and to misrepresent you know that which the father has given to us as his blueprint all right he's giving us his word as his blueprint so why can't we go back into the word of god and begin to address and correct i mean i'm doing this not because i am 100 percent perfect but because i have a desire i have a burden i have a passion for god's word when i look into the word of god i want to see what god says in his word come to pass i want to see amen the the, the values and the principles the standard of god amen be, become a reality for my life for my family for my community for the church or right, for the body of christ and for my generation so i believe it's a responsibility of every one of us okay to go back and look into what god says in his word because the reason why god gave us his word is for us to have a reference 
you know, some big man of God cannot be a reference to us. Some big, you know, shot, some big apostle, some big prophet somewhere. Because a man has built, you know, a 50,000 seater auditorium doesn't make him a reference of truth. The truth is still, amen, that which amen, is written in the word of God, that which contains the heart of God, that which contains the mind of God. I mean, there's a guy in the Bible, the Bible called him a rich fool. I mean, this guy is rich, but he's a fool. Why is he a fool? Because the Bible says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The moment we'll begin to make secondary or we'll begin to push aside all right, the, the values, the intentions, the counsel of God all right, in our life or for our life, amen, we, we, we get into that condition, into that position of foolishness. And from that point, we step into the order of judgment. We, we begin all right, to, to, you know, to draw, to attract the judgment of God. So without flogging much of this, I really want to go into some principle this morning allow the spirit of god to speak to us speak to me speak to you all right and give us a kind of a spiritual direction as we continue to delve into all right what defines the framework of the prophetic ministry remember what i'm doing i'm not talking about the function of the prophetic now i'm talking about the very source i'm looking at all right the footings of the foundation i'm looking at the components i'm looking at what design what makes this thing the prophetic all right a prophetic ministry what makes it all right that we which is, is, is a ministry for us to reckon with, for us to accept, for us to, you know, understand and for us to apply our heart to, all right, as the, as the, as the Lord finds us, you know, interacting with that spirit. Therefore, he's able to use us, all right, to flow in the prophetic. That's what I'm looking at. So I'm not looking at, you know, the, 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 the fruit bearing, all right. When we deal with the fruit, when we deal with the fruit, you know, precisely and accurately, the fruit will naturally flow flow and the bible says for by their fruit we will know them but you see if you don't understand the source of a fruit all right it, it, it to some degree you will be deceived because if if what defines our values of a fruit is that well the man laid hand on the person and the sickness was gone you know he cast out the demon and then look at what he's built look at what he's achieved he's all over the world they've got ministry you know in in korea in in, in japan in africa you know in america i mean there's a powerful ministry look at the look at what them if we are fixative of that i can assure you we're already deceived because that is that will not be the fruit that we ought to be looking for the fruit is that which is consistent with the very life with the very value with the very intentions of god with the very character of god i'm not saying those big things that people are doing are, you know are, are, are irrelevant they're they're relevant we can do those things and still bear the quality of you know the fruit that god wants us to bear but i'm saying that if we're building things and we're running after things and we're seeking for big ministry big names and god knows what and their life is not in consistency with the divine nature with the divine character the bible says you know god has given us his, his divine nature that we bear his nature so if i'm looking at you as a you know as a man of god or as just an ordinary person in in you know in a community but your life is not bearing you're not your your character your value system your value system you know we live in a day where people no longer honor value we live in a day where people want to see the fruits okay if if it's got a big car it's got a big name all right it's got some big you know uh influence somewhere and then we bow particularly in in the context of the african culture where all right that concept of the big man all right the big man you know he everybody run after him everybody run after the church oh that big church that big name that big person as long as we've got that kind of culture 
as, the, as what defines our value system. My good God, we will remain deceived. We will remain all right, in that condition of perpetual poverty. Because poverty is first that a man steals the knowledge of God in your life. That is, to me, that is the first, you know, that's the first dimension of poverty. Once somebody is able to build another God, to you know, to give you the image of another God, to, to impress within your mind something that is not real and you accept it as real. To me, I think that is the mother of all poverty. Because poverty is not about you not having money. It's not about you not having opportunity, alright, to do X, Y, Z. It is first that you lost identity, the identity of God. Secondly, that you lost the identity of yourself. Thirdly, that you don't understand what God is doing within the community of nations, within the commonwealth alright, of nations. To me, I think that is poverty and today the church is perpetuating poverty in the sense that we are imprinting the concept of another god the god we we, we, we are exalting the god of mammon we are exalting the god of materialism we are exalting the, the god of what people can see what they can touch what they can feel what they can you know smell as long as we continue to perpetuate that you know ideology and that you know uh, uh, you know frame of thought, people will never come into the realization where they begin to approach and appreciate all right, that which defines all right, what God wants them to, you know, to, to, to have and to come into. And therefore, I, I'm looking into this old principle and I'm believing the Lord that we will all have, you know, a desire that there will be an awakening within our spirit man. There will be, a, you know, a, a, a kind of, a, you know, that's the word, an awakening, so that we can really walk in the full reality of God's divine intention. All right, before I go into my note, let's, before I go into the word, in reading one or two uh, uh, scriptures, let's look at some principles here. Let's look at this concept. All right, we're looking at the ministry of the prophetic in relating to the ministry of the written word of God. So much has been said, but I'm going to explain one or two things again. So let me just read this word. Listen to this. Words are designed as spiritual container. That gives life through verbal expression. Excuse me. Words. Generally words are designed as spiritual container. These words are spiritual container. That gives life. Alright. Through verbal expression. In other words. For a word to be a word. It has to be given an expression. It has to be verbalized. Alright. You can hear me because I'm speaking. If I, if I remain mute. You can hear me. Even if I'm doing a sign language, whatever, I mean, I'm not good in, I don't know sign language, but I'm saying that there is a reason why, all right, God gave us the ministry of verbalization, the declaration. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, so the entire structure of the human life, okay, is designed such that we're able to express the word of God. We're able to declare the word of God. That is important. So words are designed as spiritual containers that gives life. Words are designed to be spiritual containers. Look at this. Words. Jesus says the words that I speak to you. Alright. The words that I speak to you. They are spirit and they are life. So we see something there that is very important that we've got to take note of. Jesus said the words that I speak to you. That doesn't mean that the word that somebody else speaks contains life. 
Alright? But the words that Jesus spoke contains life. He says, the word that I speak to, they are spirit and they are life. Why? Because there is something about the very structure of the man, Jesus Christ, alright, that has completely aligned his life, his entire life, meaning that his entire faculty, alright, his process of thinking, okay, his belief system, his, his, his culture. No wonder Jesus will fight, alright, the traditions of men. No wonder he will stand against the concept of the, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. No wonder he will challenge that which is not in alignment with the will of God. No wonder he will enter the temple and begin to dr drive out. We're going to look at that, you know, John chapter 2. He entered the temple and begin to drive out those who are selling doves and selling all kinds of things within the temple because words, okay, once they are in alignment with the counsel of God, with the will of God, in terms of how we think, how we reason, how we see, how we interact, okay, it, it gives us the ability to step into that spiritual life where our life becomes a conduit, becomes a channel where I mean, God can express his counsel and his will through our lives. So words are designed to be spiritual containers. And I've said this, I remember, uh, was it two days ago in one of our teachings, I said, you know, coming from Nigeria, you know, growing in an, in an environment where you actually see, you know, you know, the past of darkness, you see this man, all right, who, who is supposed to be an, you not even supposed he's an herbalist. And they, they, you know, they make some incantation and they speak words. And they, they call somebody's name from God knows where. And you begin to see that what they say from where they are begins to affect this person that is, you know, a million uh, uh, kilometers away or miles away. Alright, so, so words, alright, can be perverted, and I'm gonna go into that. Words can be perverted if we don't understand, alright, the spiritual technology, alright, that allows words to function in, in, in the divine order of God. In other words, while Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. Somebody also can speak words that are filled with death and destruction. No wonder the Bible says the enemy has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he does that through the ministry of words. Through the ministry of words might not be the ministry of God's truth, of God's word that is true, all right? but the enemy can use words. They can, you know, that's why people can be cursed. You know, you, you release a word and somebody somewhere, because there's an opening, because there is, you know, a, 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 a portal, a gate somewhere in that person's life that allows the powers of darkness, that allows demons, okay, to, you know, to, 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 you know, to lay hold of that person and say, yeah, because of the condition of your life, what this person has said, okay, is allowed to affect your life. That's words. That's words. So, so we, we cannot underplay the spirituality of words. The spirituality of words, we cannot underplay that. So words are designed as spiritual container. When I say spiritual, that doesn't mean that it's positive. It can be, it can be negative or, or, or positive. All right? So words are a spiritual container that gives life. Because now I'm, I'm looking at obviously positive words, all right? Are designed, you know, to give life, to give life. Let me take that again. Words are designed to be spiritual containers, all right? That gives life through verbal expression. They are also ordained to bring direction and clarity to that which, all right, has been spoken into existence. In other words, when, when a word leaves the realm of thought, leaves the realm of imagination, remember the words begins from the spiritual realm the spiritual realm then it filters into our imagination 
right? Certain things that we imagine, you know, are either from the realm of, of God or from the realm of darkness. You don't just imagine for imagining sake. No, you imagine because of, you know, the atmosphere that you're open to. <laughs> this is important. We imagine things based on the atmosphere. If I'm, if my life is open to a negative, to a powerful satanic atmosphere, guess what? My imagination will be filled with satanic things. The Bible says the wicked, all right, does not sleep. I mean, he, he lies on bed and he imagines wickedness so that when he wakes up, he goes to execute that which is imagined. But guess what? The righteous also, amen, that is open to the frequency, to the atmosphere of heaven, guess what? Receives, amen, positive imagination. It is those imagination that drops the spirit or that drops the ability for creativity. You want to do good in your business. Come on. You need to develop a, 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 a lifestyle that, that, you know, that is open to the, to the reality, to the realm of God. When you are open to the realm of God, you'll be surprised that, you know, the influence of creativity, the influence of, of divine ad advancement, even in the world of business. Remember that in the things of God, there is no secularity and neither there is spirituality. Everything in the things of God began in the spiritual realm manifests in the natural realm so you want to do well in your business make sure that your spiritual life is in alignment with the will of god all right i mean there are, i mean as a designer as a graphic designer there are things that i have done just by waking up you know and and this idea comes to my mind and 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 i go put that down all right on the computer and it's like wow this is gr this is great yes because everything we do in the natural sources is life from the spiritual realm these are powerful things. So when a man stands on the pulpit and begins to say certain things, if you know that what he's saying is not in alignment with the will of God and you are within that geographical radius and you are within his atmosphere, guess what? Your spirit will begin to, you will begin to imbibe, will begin to attract that thing such that you open yourself to a foreign spirit and you carry that spirit to your home, to your house, to your family, to your marriage, to your business and things start working in a very negative way and you wonder where this, where did this thing happen from? No, no. You open yourself to a foreign spirit. You open up yourself to a negative, to, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, maybe a spirit of familiarity, whatever it is. But you open up yourself. So it's important that you have, you know, a knowledge of the written word of God. So that when, when, when words that are contrary, that are contrary to the, you know, to the mind of God, to the counsel of God, to the will of God, tries to infiltrate, tries to invade your life, amen. You, you have a buffer zone. You have, you know, a shield. The word of God, amen, has become a tower, a high tower, has become a, a pillar so that the word of God prevent that negative, neg negative word. But if you don't, if you're not established on the word of God, you're not established on truth, guess what? Every, every, every virus that is out there that, re, that represents a, neg a negative spirit will affect your life. And that's how people get into all kinds of foreign, you know, spirit and they don't understand why, you know, they feel manipulated, they feel controlled, they feel intimidated because they open up themselves, they have opened up their life, they've opened up their family. You can open up your business if you're, if you're connecting, if, let's say you're in partnership with somebody who, who God knows what, who is, you know, fiddling with foreign spirit all kinds of spirit and that person is your is your is your business partner and you are not strong spiritually it's only a matter of time before that person dominates you and dominate the business 
And that's why you find that Muslim people, when you're in business with Muslim people, they do very well. In fact, they take over the business because they understand the spiritual philosophy. It's a spiritual thing. Unfortunately, most Christians don't understand this. They just talk about finance, finance, finance. It's not finance that makes your business amen, to increase. It is, the, it is how strong your spirit is all right, in, in understanding the intentions of God for that business all right, and allowing the capacity of the spirit of God to define the atmosphere amen, of your business radius. That if you understand that and you work in the spirit of creativity, because creativity will begin to give you capacity for leadership, but not just leadership, but even for accurate management. You see, all of these are designed to help us, to empower us, build amen, you know, a spirit of productivity. That is one of the beauty of the spirit of the prophetic. It is there to enhance our life. If we understand what it is and we, we allow ourselves to be used by God, amen, and we grow in that knowledge, in that, you know, atmosphere of deep, intimate spiritual understanding that unleashes, amen, our, our spiritual creativity, we will prosper. We will prosper. These are things we, we should be th- teaching people when we, when we talk about kingdom economy. But that's not what we're dealing with today. Today I'm dealing with all right, the, 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 the ministry of the written word as, 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 it, as, as it relates to amen, the prophetic. So we have, we've, we've made this word, we've made this declaration. Words are designed as spiritual container. That's why what you say to your, to your, to your children, what you say in your home, in your house, what, you know, the, 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 the kind of words, the, excuse me, the kind of spirit your children brings home from school or from wherever all right it's important that you as a as a head of the home as a father as a mother or my cross check you 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 are you are very much alive and aware of the kind of spirit all right that is influencing your environment you you don't allow neg- negative spirits you see words are spirits and we carry them amen. words are spirit humans are vehicles that carry amen the spirit you know somebody can carry you know a very a negative spirit a spirit of anger a spirit of hatred all right from their home to their workplace and the person gets to the workplace and the person starts you know releasing negativity if you don't understand that you will be fighting the person rather than instead of you fighting the spirit you'll be fighting the person the same all right happens within the church church community every church carries a spirit every church every church every community carries a spirit and that spirit flows from the set man all right if what is influencing the set man all right is is negativity uh, it's you know lack and need and you know a, a rejection and insecurity that naturally flows into the congregation because you see it's like it's like a river it flows it flows downstream it flows into the atmosphere all right if you are if you are in an atmosphere where People are always fighting themselves. They are always competing. They are always, you know, jostling, trying to please the, you know, the set man. I, I can assure you, you've been open up to another foreign spirit, all right, that will not allow you to grow and develop in that which God wants to do in your life. And that's not a place to be. All right, let's go on. Let's go on. There's several things we like to sh- like to share with you this morning. I still hope you're with me. Thank you, everyone, for joining this morning. Uh, uh, we're going to look at, in fact, maybe before I do this, let me, let me, let me read this material. I've got this book uh, by Watchmani. I'm a Watchmani lover, all right? If you, if you don't know Watchmani, it's fine, but you should look for, look, 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 uh, check your Google, you know, type Watchmani. Watchmani is one of uh, um, 
the, the man that God used, all right, to build and to shape my spirit. Man, I'm talking about his material. I've never met him, but um, I've been reading this man's material from the early 80s. My life has been shaped powerfully by Watchmen. All right, now he's got this book called The Ministry of God's Word, and I just want to read, I want to read something from the introductive chapter of the book. Listen to this. The ministry of God's word, I'm quoting Watchmanly now. The ministry of God's word occupies an important place in the work of God. There are definite principles to be learned by those who preach the word of God and serve the people with God's word. He said this, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God, God is always fond of speaking. He speaks in the Old Testament days. While, excuse me, he speaks in the Old, Test, Old Testament days. While our Lord Jesus, while our Lord Jesus was on earth, he continued to speak in the New Testament church. We learn from the Bible that God has a primal work to perform on earth, which is to utter His own word. Now listen to this: if the word of God is taken away. Then almost nothing is left for God to work with. <laughs> that is what many. It says if the word of God is taken away, it means that God basically has nothing else to work with. So the word of God becomes the primal ingredient, the, pri the primal function. It's not the man of God. It is the word of God. The word of God is so important that without the word of God, God has nothing to work with. Let me, let, me, let me put it better this way. Without the word of God being alive within a community, within a society, within a family, God has no channel, has no you know, leeway into that community. The same in the nation. If, 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 the, if, the, if the value of God's word in the nation is assuming 30 fold very low then that is how God will be able God is limited to that 30 fold dimension of his word within that society so it is important we understand that God works through the ministry of his word to the degree we understand the word of God to the degree we understand and we have all right and we appreciate the word of God is to the degree we will grow and increase in the revelation of God's prophetic intention. Now, if God speaks a word to a society that the people do not have the basis or the primary values or footing of God's word to, to understand and to apply, to process, to process, to process that word and to apply it. Then God is limited to whatever they have. No wonder it is said, okay, that uh, 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 you, you are limited to what you know. You're limited to what you know. So what many is saying that without the word of God, God has nothing to walk with. But you say, but every day we preach. Remember that preaching is not the word of God. Preaching is part of the word of God. 
teaching is part of the word of God. What I'm doing right now is preaching or teaching. Or I'm lecturing you. I'm saying something. But that is not the word of God. The word of God, amen, is the very, very intention. Very heartbeat. Is the, is the very essence of God's desire for our life. And that we convey because we know what has been written. If we don't know what is written, it's easy for me to take a phrase. It's easy for me to take a line. It's easy for me to take a statement from the word of God. Meaning the context of what God wants to do or what God desired to do and run with that in a phrase and build on that and therefore the people are misdirected and lured from the very counsel of God's word and therefore you see scriptures like this I'm going to read Act let's look at Act chapter 6 Oh, thank you, Father. I still hope you are following me. In Acts chapter 6, you know the story, but verse 4, because of time. Let's look at verse 4. Or let's take it from verse 3. Acts chapter 6 says, Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputations, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, because wisdom is the operation principles of God's interaction. All right. Whom we may appoint for over this business, over this assignment. Verse 4 says, But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word of God. Ministry meaning that it speaks of a function, an assignment, an objective. Ministry of the word means that the word of God is designed all right, with a specific function, with a specific purpose. If there is a ministry, there is a minister. So we ought to be the minister of God's word rather than a minister of just a gospel. Right. We've got to understand that there is a ministry of the word. It is the word that releases amen, the power to preach the gospel. If you preach a gospel that is not enriched, in the reality, in the revelation, in the in the in the fortitude of God's word, it's easy for us, amen, to be led away by another spirit. Okay, so you've got to understand here that the disciples are saying that in in our own calling, what is primal, what is important, is the ministry of the word. What am I saying? That we can't even begin to engage with other ministries. All right, without establishing the ministry of the word, because that then gives us a framework in how to regulate other ministries. Before you have the ministry of an apostle, of a prophet, of a teacher, of a pastor, or of an evangelist, you've got the ministry of the word. Because under the Old Testament, God spoke, amen, you know, through. His prophets, you know, under the Old Testament, prophets were the primary vehicle to which God communicates his mind or uh, to his people, to the, you know, to the generation. Under the New Testament, amen, God spoke through Jesus because the word became flesh and dwelt among them. So that which was written was en encapsulated, hallelujah, through the life of a man. This man's life was so aligned with God's word that the very intention, the very counsel of God, the redemptive purpose of God, amen, was found in him. He was the word made flesh. 
in our day, in the, in, you know, in, in our time, post, you know, a, a New Testament, the apostolic generation, God spoke through, amen, those ascended gifts, primarily through the apostles. The apostles, amen, are, are, are the ones that, that, that conveys the mind of God, all right? The mind of God is received through the intentions of God, which is the ministry of the prophets. So that's why you see that the ministry of the prophets and the apostles, all right, they, 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 they play an important role in in unleashing the very reality, the very intentions of God, amen, for a generation. Today, God is speaking to us through the ministry of, you know, the apostles and the prophets and obviously the rest of, you know, the, you know, the fivefold ministry. But it's important that what shapes the ministry of the prophets and the apostles is the ministry of Christ. Because the ministry of Christ, amen, releases to us all the dimensions. When I say the ministry of Christ, I'm talking about the ministry of the ascended son, the, the spirit of sonship. The spirit of sonship, you know, contains or defines to us all that the father desired to do, not just in a generation, but in eternity past and in eternity future. So, so God is speaking to us through the ministry of sonship, but that sonship cannot, cannot be fully understood if we don't understand, I mean, the function of the ministry of the apostle, of the prophet, of the pastor, of the teacher, because within all that wraps up or, you know, captures the very intentions of the speakings of God. I hope somebody's understanding what I'm saying. In other words, the prophet received the mind of God, receives the heart of God. But that which has been received must be built into manifestation through the ministry of the apostles. Because the, the, the primary ministry of the apostles is to be carriers of the word and to represent the word of God to their generation. The work of an apostle, amen, is not just to build church, it's to build people. And they do that by receiving that which has been released from heaven. And we understand that the, 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 the express channel, amen, the, 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 the ministry of the individuals or the, 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 the community that, that hears quicker and faster, amen, that understand quicker and faster from, from, from spiritual realm are prophets. And that's because that's how they've been wired, you know, because of their sensitivity. Let me, let me put it this way. If, if an apostle is sensitive, if the sensitivity of an apostle just I'm just speaking generally is 70%. The ministry of the prophet, all right, in sensitivity is 99.9. And that's why you know the, 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 the prophet deals with about atmosphere. Atmosphere is what opens you know spiritual channel for us to be able to hear and receive. Now, when when we hear and receive, it doesn't mean that we know how to operate or do what we what we should do with what we've heard and received and that's where you need the ministry of an apostle because the apostle is a builder is a wise master builder is 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 by default he builds that he builds the revelation of christ he builds the intention of christ he builds uh, the, the the desires of christ into cities into nations into obviously the ecclesia all right and that and and they go out amen to to spread that which has been received so you see these two ministry they are like the male and female of or you know of, of of the spirit of god all right one receives the seed the other carries it and all right and they express it out it's important we understand this and obviously the atmosphere that allow this you know ministry to function you know you know you would say is the ministry of you know of the shepherd because you need a place you need an atmosphere you need a community 
All right. Now, if we understand the New Testament concept of church, now let me deviate a bit. If we understand the new concept, the New Testament concept of church, listen to this. The New Testament concept of church does not allow one man to govern the church. The New Testament concept of church, all right, allows eldership to govern the church. One man to give clarity and direction in terms of God's design because God will always raise a man. But alongside the man, God raises elders first among equal. Now that's where you see the minister of the apostolic, the apostle, all right, is first among equal. But he's, he's not number one. He's not the head. No, it's just that man that God uses to speak and bring the intentions of God, just like the ministry of the prophet. And as we grow and develop, you're going to realize that in the things of God, God does not prefer one. There is no superiority. They are all first among equal. So the function of the apostle, amen, comes to give a direction. This is what we need to do. This is how we're going about it. But there are elders that he must consult. And these elders, all right, they carry authority, 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 such that if this apostle, all right, God knows if, if, if he missed the ways of God or he goes into error or they have the ability to call him and say, come, why don't you take a seat for a while? While the work of God continues. We, we believe that you, you, you cannot continue the way things are, are going. Just take a rest. Take a you know, time off. And we will continue to pray for you. Now, in an ideal community, that is what we're supposed to see. But today, obviously, everybody goes doing their own thing. All right? and, and, and because the structure itself is not, is not in alignment with the will of God, therefore, there's no check and balance. There, there's nobody you know, bringing clarity and direction and say, okay, sorry, we've, we've, we've gone out of order. We've gone out of you know, direction. You know, this is, we need to turn back because the, the pastor is the Lord and master. He decides what goes. And, and, and if we're going to build a New Testament apostolic church, we cannot build on that pyramid system. It's not going to work. It has never worked. It's not, it's not the concept of God. It's never the concept, amen, of, all right, the, the apostolic church. It was never the concept of the church established, amen, on the day of Pentecost. But today, that's what we're doing. So, so we, we, we're building, we're receiving powerful prophetic apostolic ministry, building it on a Roman Catholic order. It's not going to work. So the last thing, one of the last thing God is going to be dealing with in this last day, all right, is the structural system of the church. God is going to be, and I believe he's begun. That's why he's pulling down so many things that we're trying to hold together. Listen to me. If God is shaking your church, don't, don't start fighting the devil. It is God. He wants to realign the structure. Because for us to be able to walk in the full capacity, for us to be able to walk in the full life, the full authority, amen, of the apostolic ministry, we have to build an apostolic house. And for us to build an apostolic house, we have to go back, amen, to an apostolic philosophy. All right. Well, I guess that's something God wants somebody to hear. And so let's continue. We will give ourselves to to, you know, to prayer and to the ministry of the word. The word of God is a ministry. Ministry means there is a primary assignment. There is a primary calling. There is a primary function. There's, an, a, there's a primary you know, objective. Ministry are, are set aside to resolve, to administrate, to advance a purpose. So if we understand the ministry of the word, 
maybe I should have you know enough boldness to make this declaration. If we have all right an understanding of the ministry of the word, every other thing that we have designed to be secondary, including our job, will become primary. If we understand what the ministry, because ministry ought to supply, ought to sustain, ought to you know uh, uh, give whatever we need. Alright, to be able to function within that ministry without being distracted. Remember, the reason why they made the statement in Acts 6 is because of distraction. The purpose is they were being distracted. So they said, this is a good ministry. What we're doing is good. But guess what? In the primary, in the standard of God, it is a distraction. So select for yourself seven powerful men who are people of integrity, full of the spirits. Put them in this ministry while we give ourselves to our primary our primary calling today the word of god is no longer primary in our life you know that and that's why charlatans have taken over that's why merchants have taken over that's why false you know prophets and false apostles have taken over people who run business they're running business and then they, you know because they've made so much money so they decide oh What's the next uh, prospect of business that we should go into? Somebody said, well, let's start a church. Come on, let's start a church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Church is a good business. Church is a good business. I mean, you want to start You want to start a good lucrative business. You've got some, you know, money somewhere. You know, start a church. And just, you know, hire some, you know, guys that will come and shake the people, entertain the people. And if you really want to go further, all right, Get somebody, maybe a, a magician, or, you know, an herbalist. Just change his clothes from looking so, uh, you know, re, you know, uh, uh, not ritual now. Looking so uh, uh, um, rural. Just put a, you know, give him a, you know, a coat. You know, put him, give him a tie, and just polish him and let him speak some nice English. People will troop there. That is that 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 is how gullible people are today. And the reason is because those. Listen to this. Those. Oh my good God. Those who are called into ministry. And this is not an excuse. Those who are called into ministry. <clears throat> that are not being funded. That are not being supplied. The resources that they need. Are going into or at the marketplace. They're going into the world system. To look for money. Because they must survive. And this is, I mean, this is one problem today we have in the church. And the reasons is because... The reasons for this is because we do not have a holistic teaching that deals with ministry as a primary calling. Have you heard people say things like this? That oh, uh, people are not called into full-time ministry. I, I, I beg to differ. There are people that are called into full-time ministry. I tell you, what I am doing right now has taken me hours to prepare. Now, if I have to run to you know, to a job in the morning as a teacher or I have to run to uh, God knows where, you know, to quickly look, go look for money and still come back and do this thing. I may be able to do it, but I tell you, I'm not going to do it effectively. Some of people say, oh, well, Paul, Paul, you know, was a tent builder. The question is, how many times in the scripture did you see Paul run after tent building in place of the ministry of the word? In fact, the only, there are two places in the scripture where Paul, ref, where the, in the scripture, ref, refer to Paul or right, as a tent maker. His primary ministry, and you will see every time that every, every as he goes from place to place, the church was supporting him. 
they were supporting him because they were not just supporting, they were supporting his mandate, his mission. If we're truly going to see the work of God, hallelujah, restore back to his full ordained counsel, his full ordained plan, we've got to locate those who are true, who, who, are, who carry the true calling of God, who carry, amen, the true ministry of the word, and we've got to support those people so that they can remain in the place of doing the work of God while others continue in their grace and ministry. There are people called to engage the marketplace, to engage, amen, you know, the place of, you know, money and business. That doesn't mean that those people that are called to preach the word don't know anything about business. They do. I tell you, you ask me, I can teach you a lot about business. I can teach you a lot about creativity. I can teach you a lot about leadership, about management, and I've done that, all right? And to some degree, I'm doing that. But I'm telling you, that is not my primary call. My primary call is to be able to teach, to impart, to build, all right? To align people to God's counsel and will. And when you do that, those who are in business will be able to run faster and increase and prosper in their ministry. But when you... You know, stop blessing and stop, you know, uh, uh, reaching out to those that are gifted, that are called of God into the ministry. Guess what? They will be forced to leave their priestly ministry. Like we saw in the days, you know, or, or, you know, or, or, of the Old Testament where the priests, they left their duty. They went farming. They went, why wouldn't they go to farm? Because they've got family at home. Why, why wouldn't they go to farm? Because those who are supposed to be supporting, who are supposed to be bringing the meat into the storehouse are no longer doing that. Now, you say, okay, do you believe in uh, uh, fighting? I do believe in fighting when it is inspired by God, but I don't believe in a fighting that you enforce it on people. You, you know, you, 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 you cajole people. You lie to the people. You, 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 you scare the people that if they don't pay their tithe, they will die. They are under a curse. That's not what the scripture says. When we build a community that is entrenched on truth, that everybody learn to take their place and you, 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 you speak and you train people on what is called the ministry of helps you see the ministry of helps is different from the fivefold ministry but within the ministry of help you still find those that are called if you're a giver give if you are called to prophesy prophesy all right that word prophesy means to exalt so if we understand what ministry is and we function in it guess what everybody will take their place everybody will be happy the work of god will continue to advance but today we're living we're, we're seeing people who are genuinely called of god i know people today who who are not supposed to be you know pastoring pastoring you know why because they see that place lucrative and I know people today, all right, who are called to, you know, to shepherd people, to love people, to care for people who are not doing it because they do not have, all right, what will sustain them to be able to function in that ministry. And those who have, all right, when we see these people, we look to the other side. We want the person that will give us a ministry, that will give us a name because we pay, you know, some big fat tithes. That is not going to help the church. We've got to understand that these are days that heaven, all right, is, 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 is redressing these things. Heaven, all right, is, you know, He's, he's bringing back alignment to the church. Heaven is calling us back, amen, to the right order. There are people today running business and are still running church. And they call themselves apostles. They call themselves bishops. They call themselves prophets. They call themselves God knows what. I tell you, in this day of judgment, God will judge everything they stand for because they are, they are destroying, all right, the advancements and the, you know, accurate representation, represent, representation of God's word. We've got to understand that in the days that we're living, we cannot live our life outside the grace that God has given to us. If we do, we are opening ourselves to foreign spirit. We're opening ourselves to an attack. We're opening ourselves. I'll say, 
saying to somebody some time ago, I said, look at what is happening in California. I mean, California is one of the richest country, richest, excuse me, richest state in America. I mean, where you have this, you know, uh, uh, you know, wildfire burning every, I mean, look at the number of lives that have been lost. Look at the number of houses. We're talking about houses of this rich, you know, you know, Hollywood stars, you know, but, but look at what is happening. That speaks to us about so many things. But one of the things I'm looking at is if we are not living our life in accordance to divine order, in accordance to divine instruction, the Bible says in one hour, Babylon shall be burnt in one hour. The glory of Babylon shall be, um, shall be gone. I mean, we're seeing this. We don't need to go to heaven. We don't need to be in the book of Revelation to see that this is happening in our day. What am I saying? I'm saying that we need to look at what is happening and begin to learn from wisdom. That it's not just about how you acquire things. It's about how the spirit of the Lord begins to guide and direct your heart. So you don't set your heart on the wrong thing. Because I tell you, when judgment starts, and I'm not saying God judge those people, but should and, and if God decides to judge them, who are we not to say so? Who are we not to say that these are days where heaven is judging the earth? God is judging, shaking everything that can be shaken. That shaking is part of judgment. Are we, are we supposed to love the people? Yes. Are we supposed to reach out to, to the people? Yes. Are we supposed to mourn with them? Yes. But does that stop us all right, from aligning, from you know, looking into the word and finding patterns and principles to give us clarity and direction and give us lessons? Yes. We ought to do that. We ought to do that. We must never shy away from the truth because somebody may be going through pain, because somebody may be going through hardship. Hardship are part of the process of life. The Bible says through, through suffering, we will enter the kingdom. So when you see things that is happening like this in, in, you know, in California and you look at what is happening, because I mean, when we look at America, we, we, we tend to you know, sometimes even over-exaggerate what we see there but guess what guess what destructions are all over the world look at what is what is happening in syria a whole a whole nation a whole nation have been reduced to rubbles you look at syria you think you're watching a movie lives have been destroyed look at what is happening in central africa today you still have you know this you know anti-balaka you know you know movement Christians and you know and, and Muslim fighting themselves. We're talking about war. That place is a war zone. It's happening right now in Central Africa. What about Somalia? What about Sudan? So the point is, let's not just be fixative of on, on one place. Yes, it's America, but guess what? It's America because of the you know the, the, the responsibility that nation has placed upon our shoulder. All right, and therefore, when, when things happen in America, we tend to over exaggerate. We tend to look at it it's like it has never happened anywhere. My good God, there are places all over the world that there are famine, death, destructions taking place. We don't hear about them. So you see, our concept of spirituality, our concept of our things of God has to be balanced. We're talking about the ministry of the word of God and the prophetic. Therefore, let me quickly read some points here you know, for us. The word of God, the written word of God, is the transforming agent of the spirit of God. The word of God is the transforming agent of the spirit of God. In other words, God wants to transform a society, a people, a community. He's going to use his word. He uses his word. And he doesn't just use the words of men. You see, I cannot stop emphasizing this. There's a difference between the word of a man and the word of God. The word of God cannot be contained. Even the word, the word of God, amen, can be, 
can be carried. In fact, the word of God is carried there, all right? The words of men. Because as I'm speaking right now, all right, I'm conveying the word of God to you. But the word that I'm conveying to you, all right, is, is, is the heart of God. This heart of God is received because I have studied the written word of God and the spirit of God has breath upon that word. And therefore, when I speak to you, I speak in my own language. I speak in my own language. And that's why my own language may be limited in terms of expressing the mind of God. But if I speak that word in spirit and in truth, the word will bring transformation to you. So it's not about semantics. It's not about the lingua. It's not about how, how fluent my English is. No, no. It's not about, you know, my, my eloquence. No, 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 no. It's about all right, the alignment of my spirit, man, all right, to the intentions of the, of the Father, to what I have read. That if there are no agendas in my heart, if I'm not saying this word because i want you to bless me because i want you to give me money but because or excuse me because i want you to do something for me but i'm saying it because my agenda is that you you hear truth you hear the counsel of god and that through your life amen the word of god can advance if i would do that then i am representing god's word that's why if you continue on the argument well that the word the bible is not it's not it's not complete or it's not accurate my good god that that will not be an argument that's going to hold water because what god is looking for amen is the purity of the heart and when your heart is pure all right and if all you have is just a statement i mean just like they have in china there are people in china all right back then that never had the comp you know, the complete word of god all they had is just a statement all they had is just new testament some just had you know one chapter of the new testament but my good god they're doing great things why because that which they read that which they saw all right their heart so connected to it aligned to it to the point that God breathed upon that simple statement, that single word. In the beginning was the word, and, with, and the word was God. As the as the Lord breathed upon that word in the heart of the people, they were able to do wonders. No wonder today they say, all right, the underground church in 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 China is bigger than some of this some of these big churches that we see all across the world in America, in Nigeria, in some part of the world. Some of the biggest church today we have, all right, in the world are underground church. They're in China. You don't know that. Many of us don't know that. But that is the reality. But you see, but they are not popular. Because what we want is popularity. We want people to know us. We want people to hear us. We want to be the, you know, the top guy at the, you know, at the telecast. We want to be the, you know, the tele-evangelist. We want to be on TV and want to be on, you know, God's channel. Want... Those, those things are good. But if our conscience, if our, if our motive is just to be known, right? We're selling something. I want to quickly read a scripture. Let's read this scripture. While, while we're on this. Oh, thank you, Father. So they say we'll give ourselves to, to prayer, to the ministry of the word. I want to read a scripture. Oh yeah. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 17. Are you still with me? Thank you all for joining this morning. Thank you all for joining this morning. Thank you all. Thank you. Appreciate every one of you. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 17 says, For we are not... For, excuse me, excuse me, uh, yes, am I reading the right place now? 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 17. Yes, I'm reading the right place. We say, for we are not as so many, as so many, for we are not. This is what Paul is saying now. Remember that the scripture is written, all right, in, you know, to, 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 you know, to defend the cause of God, to defend the cause of the kingdom, to defend the cause of truth. 
That's why you've got the word of God. The word of God was written, particularly the New Testament, at the backdrop of certain false prophets and apostles who were challenging we're challenging the standard of God, challenging the principles of God. That's why or God raised somebody like Paul to write and Peter so that, you know, people can actually have the right principle of God's divine intention. So when, Paul, when you read scriptures like this, for we are not, it means that there were people doing this thing. He said, for we are not as so many peddling, peddling. The word peddling means to merchandise. All right. To, you know, to, 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 to turn the word of God to suit certain narrative. He said, for we are not as many peddling the word of God, but of sincerity, but as from God, we speak in the sight of God in Christ. Paul says, for we are not as many who merchandise, who peddles the word of God. I'm saying that if we don't understand that the word of God can be peddled, that the word of God can be merchandised, that the word of God can be twisted, that the word of God, all right, can be, can, you know, can be torn, all right, to, you know, to give certain narrative, all right, to be focused on certain very myopic, you know, uh, values and, 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 you know, and intentions. If we don't understand that, then in the name of God's word, in the name of preaching, we can be deceived, we can be lured. So Paul said, we are not like them. We are not like these guys who peddle the word of God, who merchandise the word of God. My God, God, you will agree with me today that what we're seeing around is people peddling the word of God. And they use all right, the gift of God to peddle the word of God. They use the prophetic to peddle the word of God. All right, They use the concept of you know, evangelistic you know, a, 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 a platform to peddle the word of God. Somebody says, well, we, we want to go start a church. God knows where in, in the world. But the agenda is not to actually advance the kingdom of God, but to advance all right, their business empire. So the word of God today has become a tool to advance something that is contrary to the will of God. This is what Paul is saying here. Say we're not like many who peddle, who peddle, who change, who merchandise. But beyond that, there are those of us, let me not include myself, there are those who actually get things from God and they package those things, alright, as you know, as as you know, as 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 materials that are being sold. To gain certain influence, to gain certain, you know, uh, uh, income, if you will, for themselves. Am I saying we shouldn't sell our books and our tapes? I'm saying we should do that if the Spirit of the Lord is guiding us and leading us. But we should not do it in the sense that we we use it, all right, to advance a narrative that is self-centered, that is that is that that you know that that defines carnality, not promoting the kingdom of God. For we are not as so many who peddle the word of God. But as of sincerity. You see, that's the key word. As of sincerity. I'm reading Second Corinthians 2 verse 17. But as of sincerity. Uh, where's sincerity in what we do? Where is our sincerity? If every man of God would truly check their heart. If every follower Amen. Of of you know of Christ, of every follower of a church, every member of of a church will sincerely, sincerely begin to you know examine their heart. That's what Paul said. He said we should examine ourselves. If we begin to examine our, ourselves, do we, we do we have the boldness to say what we're doing is actually without a self agenda, without a self motive, but of sincerity. But as from God, 
we speak in the sight of God. What is Paul saying here? When he said we speak in the sight of God, he's not saying that I, I'm standing in, in the sight of God to speak. He's saying that what I stand to declare, to preach, first of all, I see it as something that is in view of God's counsel. We speak in the sight of God. Hallelujah. Then if you look at another scripture, obviously you, many of us are used to this scripture. Second, uh, excuse me, John chapter, chapter 2, verse uh, 13 and 14. The Bible says, now, now the Passover of the Jew was at hand. And, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, verse 14. And he found in the temple those who sold, who sold. They found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep. And doves, not what they are selling, selling oxen, sheep, and dove. Now, these are things, obviously, that you use for sacrifice. So, you may say, but why would you want to kick them out? I mean, are we not supposed to be sacrificing? <laughs> You've got to understand that the motive of selling, I mean, these are supposed to be things that you will use for sacrifice. But is it the motive of selling it is to make money? It's not really for the sacrifice of the people. You see, the Bible said they sold oxen, sheep, and dove. And the money changes. Doing business. Money changes. Doing business means that those who come from afar, who can obviously bring sheep, all right? If you're coming from God knows where, you're coming from maybe another country, you, you, for sacrifice in Jerusalem, you can come with your sheep there. I mean, you can buy sheep in Jerusalem. So they come with money. They exchange money to do all this thing. <laughs> The Bible says when he had made a whip of cords, he drove all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changes money and overturned their tables. And he said to those who sold those, take this away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Hello? If we look into, the, into our community today, would we be able to actually make this kind of proclamation? Because in fact, our house has become a house of merchandise. We merchandise everything from the song we sing. Alright? Every song we must release in a new CD. Every message we must sell. And we come with all kinds of you know, things, t-shirts, stickers, you know, we've gone into all kinds of things today in the name of church. And the purpose, the purpose is for self, you know, preservation, for self-promotion. And what I'm saying is, if we don't understand the word of God and understand the intentions of God for our life, why will we say these things are good? But if we don't understand the general concept, the general purpose of God for the advancement of his kingdom, all right, we will miss God and we will miss the intentions of God because the, the idea of the selling is not to promote God. It's not to promote his will. It's not to promote his kingdom. It's to promote something that we heard from God that we feel, all right, will help us become even more popular, become more known, become more rich, become God knows what. And at the end of the day, we destroy the whole order of God. We drive God out of his temple, all right? We kick the Holy Spirit out of, you know, the, the, the temple. We run in our own thing. 
we're doing our own show. It's all about show. God is not there. Thank you, Jesus. I hope you're still with me. The word of God in the New Testament defines the very, the very character, the very intentions, the very blueprint of God's will in terms of how we build, how we represent God and how we represent his intentions. Not just for our own life, but for our community and for the nation or the state that we represent. The written word of God is inspired to enhance the ministry of revelation in bringing clarity and direction to both the giver and the receiver of ministry. The written word of God is inspired to enhance the ministry of revelation. Every time you hear the word revelation, all right, you're talking about amen, a dimension of the prophetic because the prophetic, amen, houses or carries the, 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 the very source, the very, you know, a, a blueprint of that which reveals the heart of God. So when God reveals his heart to us, reveals his mind to us, reveals his intention to us, all right, that is the ministry of the prophetic in operation. So the written word of God is inspired to enhance the ministry of, of, of revelation in bringing clarity and direction to both the giver, that's the minister, and the receiver. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. As the prophet seeks to deepen his relationship with the spirit of truth, through, through seasons of prayer and meditation, he brings to bear the spirit of understanding in bringing clarity to the people of God. To the people of God. Oh, hallelujah. The word of God contains the word of God contains the will of God. The inspired knowledge of the revelation of Christ. And it brings direction to the people in the area of the next agenda of God for their life. In other words, God's word helps us to manage and regulate how God speaks and, and, and how we relate to what he has spoken, even through the ministry of the prophet. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Having said this, I just quickly want to, you know, wrap up this session this morning with this few lines. One of the most difficult Bible subject, all right, one of the most difficult Bible subject is knowing and applying the will of God over life's issue. That's, I mean, you will know that in Romans chapter 12 says, in fact, let me read that scripture so that I don't just quote it, you know, offhand. Let's look at Romans chapter 12. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read from verse 1. I want to deal with something very important here. Paul said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. It says that you be renewed in your mind so that you may know, you may be able to know or prove. In fact, that's the key word, to prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Now, I said, one of the most difficult Bible subjects has to do with knowing and applying the will of God over life's issues. It defines, now, now the, the concept of the will of God, it defines the sovereign, you know, it defines the sovereign rule of God that, that, that explains what it means to be subject to the standard of God. Now, what am I saying here is that the word of God, because one of the, one of the principles of the prophetic nature, remember that we're dealing with prophetic footing, we're dealing with prophetic nature, we're dealing with, you know, prophetic source, prophetic foundation. All right. Now, one of the things that this helps us to, you know, to, to, to achieve if we follow this pattern is that we grow, we grow in the knowledge of what has been written. Growing the knowledge of what has been written in the word of God. Now what has been written in the word of God. Does not. Give us. The ABC. Of what we need to do. Regarding the, the challenges we are faced with. That is life right now. Let's say tomorrow right now. You are supposed to be making a decision. In terms of maybe leaving, your, leaving where you are right now. To another country. Or maybe a decision of buying another car. Of changing your job. Or who to marry. Okay, when you read the word of God, the word of God does not say, oh, yes, Isaiah, don't marry that person, marry this one. Oh, well, don't buy that car, buy this car. Because you see, you've got to understand this. Every decision we make in life, all right, is sourced from what we know. It can be either good or bad. Whatever we know can be right or wrong. And so God's word that is given to us. Built within our spirit man a knowledge of the ways of God. Listen to this. Of the ways of God. Of the intentions of God. Of the values of God. Of the mind of God. Now this mind does not necessarily tell us this is what I want you to do. With regards to the decision you need to make. But this mind, this knowledge, this principle that we read in the word of God. Helps us to identify, identify the values, the values that connects us to the overall, the overall intentions of God. Such that when we begin to pray, when we begin to ask God regarding a, a decision we need to we need to make, because we have His Word established in our heart, and like I said, His Word is translated to knowing, knowing the values, the values meaning the things that God prefers, the things that God wants, the things that God desires for us generally, and the kind of life He wants us to have. Now you have that. You know, sitting in your in your in your heart, all right, 
Because when you read the word of God, the word of God tells you something. It informs you. It informs you. It informs you about the ways of God, about the life of God, about the counsel of God, about the principles of God, about how God judges, you know, those that he disapproves, about how God approves certain, you know, realities. Now, when you read that, what happens is that your spirit man begins to align to what is called the mind of Christ. No wonder he says, don't be conformed to this world. Now, the word of God helps you to be transformed in the pattern of your thinking the pattern of pattern of your thinking now your thinking comes through the influences the thinking faculty comes through the influences all right that have invaded your mind either through imagination okay either through what you see what you hear you know the the, the realities the things happening around you media everything they form a kind of a thought pattern now, when you read the word of God, the word of God filters out negativity and, and things that are not in alignment with divine standard. And that's what we call Christianity. Because Christianity basically is that you're following a man, Christ. Now, when you follow Christ, you receive, you receive the mind of Christ. Because to follow Christ is to receive the mind of Christ. And to receive the mind of Christ means to have his word in you once. Secondly, to have his values. Because his word will release into your life his values. His values then will be Begin to tell you, amen, his, his intentions for you. So that when you make decision, you're making decision based on the truth that you have received. This truth, all right, helps you to make decision that align with the will of God. Now, why did I say this? I'm saying this because when it comes to a point of making a decision, we need to know the will of God. And to know the will of God means that, first of all, like I said, we have the word of God as the footing, as the foundation of our life. This is what the Holy Spirit speaks to. This is what the Holy Spirit uses when the Holy Spirit whispers into your ears or speaks to your heart and says, don't do that. Don't go here. No, make that decision. Take that job. Don't buy that car. The Holy Spirit makes uses of that which you have already imbibed into your spirit. From that point, you have this peace, you have this assurance, you have this understanding, you have this knowledge, you have this, yes, I will. Sometimes you don't hear the audible voice. In fact, most times you don't hear an audible voice, but you are able to have this peace and assurance. Remember, the principle of the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. So when there's righteousness, when there is peace, and when there is joy, you know, backing, establishing the foundation of the decision you're making, Guess what? You're able to move to make that decision in accordance to that which you know. And, and sometimes, in fact, in most cases, God may just give you a word to confirm what has been said to you. Now, why, why am I bringing this out? I'm bringing this out because many people go to these prophets, these so-called God knows what they call them out there. Because they're confused on how to make decisions. Because they have, they found themselves in a very difficult position. Now, now for example, somebody says, uh, "I need a word from God. I need a word from God due to you know because of my business. My business is not going well. I need to go to the prophet to pray for me and to see for me." And the prophet gives you a word, and your life is not in alignment with. The values and the principles of God's word. Yet the prophet has given you a word. Go. God is going to give you a big business. But the principles of your life are not in alignment with commitment, integrity, truth, 
in business. You are not living a life of of a, of a one who is who is sourcing, who is you know seeking and searching, you know, for how to develop and better your business. You're not doing all that. All right? You 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 you're, you're spending money, you know, money that you're supposed to be using to to you know to to invest in the business. You're spending it for your own self, all right? You you're buying big cars, you're buying, but you're not investing in things that will allow the business to increase, to grow, you know, to be known, to be popular. You're you're not investing in things that will enhance your service, but you're looking for a prophetic word to increase your business. And the man of God gives you a word, yes, because you've given this offering, this tithe, things are going to change for you. That's a lie. Because God's word will always confirm the values of God. God's word will always confirm the principles of God. God's word will always confirm the integrity of Christ in our life, the, the principles of Christ in our life. In other words, God's word will always back that which reflects the character of Christ, the principles of Christ, the values of Christ, the intentions of the truth in our life. In other words, am I giving? Am I responding to the standard of God? Am I showing love? Am I, am I living? Am I, am I treating my staff? If I've got staff, am I treating them well? Because everything that can stand against me walking in increase must be blocked. If I'm not doing that, I mean, those are the first layer. Yes, there are powers of darkness that can try to stop your business. Yes, the enemy can try. But if I am living my life in accordance to the standard of God's written word, I'm doing all that. Then you see, then I've got I've got I've got the I've got the grace, if you will. I've got the boldness to come before the Lord and said, Father, this is what I'm seeking for. This is what I'm believing you for. And these are the things I have done. And they look at your life and say, but she's, he's done this, she's done that. Why is she not getting blessed? And they look at the seasons of your life and the season says it's time to be blessed. It's time to advance. You see, because heaven blesses their interest in our life. Heaven doesn't bless you because you're good. Heaven blesses the interest of God in our life, the purposes of God in our life. That purpose of God that we pursue, that we seek, that we seek to increase in, all right, becomes a portal, becomes the opening. And once we open our eyes or we are, we are familiar with those interests, guess what? The things begin to work for our good because it's not just about our comfort, it's about the advancement of the will of God. Within the advancement of the will of God, our comfort is de designed, our comfort is defined, all right? Our comfort is established. It is, in, it is in the light of God that we see light, all right? If we're not pressing towards the light of God and we, we're hoping that, all right, something is just going to happen, the Bible says the path of the righteous. You've got to understand your path as you walk with God. Amen. That path gets brighter and brighter even unto that perfect day. If you're not walking towards the directions of the will of God and you're seeking just a blessing, the question is, what will be the intention of the blessing? Oh, so that I can have a house, so that I can have a good car. So, but, but God doesn't, you know, you don't need to be a Christian to get all that because God blesses even the unbelievers. Even those who are not in, in line with his will, God still give them those things. You see, we've got to be able to, we need to be able to build our spiritual understanding in a manner that we understand the intentions of God, the will of God for our life based on the values of what has been written in the word of God. So that when we receive a prophetic word, that prophetic word works with what is already on the inside of us. Because the prophetic word will be there to confirm, to confirm the already known will of God.
And if it's not confirming, then the word is coming to give an instruction. But for us to be able to, to embrace the instruction that we receive, either from a prophet, we have to have a reference of God's word within us that can connect to what we have received as an instruction. Lest we are not able to act out those instructions. Because the word of God is a reference. So if we understand the reference point of God's word, we will not be deceived by any prophetic word or anything men are saying out there in the name of thus said the Lord. Thus said the Lord can be judged. Bible says one should prophesy, two should judge. We can judge. The judgment does not mean we're bringing condemnation to God. No, no, no. Judgment in that point means we're able to decipher. We are able to explain. We are able to use the word of God all right, to define the values, to look at what has been said and said, does it, is, does it align with God's word? Is it in alignment with the standard of truth? All right? Does it bring glory and honor to Christ? Is Christ being magnified in this thing? Will Christ be glorified in this word? If we can answer that, then it's not worth to be accepted. Well, I think I'm going to call it a morning here today. Um, we're going to continue later on in the afternoon. I want to believe that I've been able to minister to you. I want to appreciate everyone that has joined this morning. I see a lot of names all right, that have joined us this morning. Thank you so very much. Thank you, uh, um, Bishop Will. I see your name. All right, Prophet Mac, I see your name. Thank you. All right, so many people. Uh, thank you so very much. Everyone, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this um, broadcast this morning. I hope what I've said this morning has brought kind of alignment and direction to us because that's the intention. All right, we've got to come to a day in our life where. We are not just seeking for one aspect of the word. We want the entire counsel of God's word. Remember, one of the key scriptures that we are building on is Isaiah chapter 11. It says, verse 2 says, When the spirit, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and power, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes, nor what he hears with his ears. All right? You will judge because something on the inside has aligned with, amen, that thing called the Spirit of the Lord. We want to live our life in the total, you know, uh, uh, framework of God's divine intention. We don't want to just hear what is good for what is good. We want to know every side of God's intention for our life. So we know how to make right judgment. We know how to live our life in a, in a manner that will please God, in a manner that will glorify God. Thank you so very much for joining this morning. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.